This is Early Break with Sip and Jake. Sponsored by Gaina Trucking. Friday to everybody out there once again. I cannot hear myself, but I think I am over I the radio, you. and you can hear me, so that's pretty good. I'm Jake Falkovin, in for Jake Sorensen, uh, as Sorensen is out enjoying himself probably on a Miami morning post-victory over the Baltimore Ravens last night. Did you catch any of the game? Are you ready to not. break down the game with uh, Sorensen later? No, we'll break it down with Jake, and we'll break, break down his trip. Yeah. Jake will join us at 7 a.m. Uh, from Miami. Yeah, yeah, we got a, a busy show today. Kerry Cohorn uh, set to join us at 625, break down the Nebraska basketball game. And what is a must win in game two, almost it feels like, uh, for the Huskers tonight. And then Lee Sterling will join us for his usual Friday slot as well. So a busy show. Uh, lots going on, of course, in Husker land as well. Uh, but first of all, happy Friday to everybody out there listening. Uh, it's yes, uh, obviously, absolutely. yeah, it's always uh, it's always fun to get to the end of the week. The weekend is here. Just one more day. And we can all party or rest. It kind of depends on where you're at at this yeah. point. Uh, well, there's a lot of people that work the weekends, though. So we that have, is true. That is hey, also true. Hey, um, Bach, we have to acknowledge them. You you are usually one of them, but you got the bye week. Are you are you gonna have to work this week? Yeah, I have columns. I, I have columns both uh, Sunday and Monday. No. so um, can't mail those in. No, but <laughs> but I, but I um, I think I might try to write my Sunday column today, which would give me a open Saturday. One of my grandkids has a basketball game Saturday night. Nice. Um, his league is playing. Um, so I have to get I have to get some stuff done. Yeah. Um, so that's that. Uh, how was so did you watch any of the Miami Baltimore game? I watched a little bit. I was uh, I was more focused on there's a really good game in the ACC last night between uh, North Carolina and Pitt. It was a downfall in the rain by the time overtime hit. Uh, and it was between two of the top quarterback prospects going into next year. Uh, with Kenny Pickett of Pitt and uh, and Sam Howell of North Carolina, so Pitt I'm more of a college football guy myself. But uh, I tried to find Sorensen. I, I flipped over to try to find Sorensen after there. I found t- uh, Tua Tagovailoa, who wasn't expected to start, and went in there and got the win. So I'm still Sorensen is probably jacked up, even though the Dolphins are three and seven. And Pitt got the win. Pitt did get the win, yeah, yeah. which is big for the ACC standings. They look like they're gonna probably go to the ACC championship game. Okay. The ACC is pretty rough this year. Rough meaning. Well, not good. Yeah, rough meaning that that the the best teams are down. I mean, obviously Clemson's down, yeah, Florida yeah. State and Miami yeah. are borderline kind of in the Nebraska situation, borderline either going to fire their coach or give them one more year. Yeah. Um so I you know, it's just tough when the powers are down. So if you want to believe in Wake Forest, you can and and Pitts there as well, but those aren't the traditional powers. So it's hard to really believe that that conference is at its best and Pitt already has two losses and Wake Forest has their one to North Carolina, so Okay, and Wake Forest has a big game against North Carolina State. Yes, North Carolina State's the other team to to think about, and uh, in in a name that uh, that Tom and myself like is maybe the offensive coordinator for Nebraska. Tim Beck is helping North to... Carolina State. You Vic, you you think Tim Beck might make the return to Nebraska? Uh, you know, I mean, that's interesting. So you got you guys like that, huh? <laughs> we like. I think Tim Beck might have been the best, uh, even though every offensive coordinator is always criticized. I think Tim Beck may be my favorite offensive coordinator post 
I guess Osborne. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny how those things come around, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Huh? Um, yeah. 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 I'm. I'm sure that it... he he should have used the diamond formation more. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but uh... <laughs> yeah. I, I. Hey, I. Um. I mean, North Carolina State's going good. I. Yeah. I don't. I mean, my first thought would be, why would he come back to Nebraska? I think there'd probably be some more money involved in it. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. That, that could because be a big. Make one. a million. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If he's gonna make a million dollars and get a two year deal, uh that no, listen, Tim Beck would make sense. It'd be really an interesting optic. I don't know how the fan base would react to that, but when I was I was thinking <laughs> about it last night, I don't know who you could get that people would be universally happy with in this fan base. Yeah. I mean, who is that's it? That's not a Lincoln who, Riley, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey. You're really swing for the fences. <laughs> yeah. Who is it yeah, that you know. could get short of Shanahan? You yeah. Know? I yeah. Mean, just a huge name. Yeah. I'm joking about Shanahan, but that, yeah. Who is it? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I feel for Scott sometimes in instances like this. No matter who he hires, it's going to get torn apart, probably. Um, so whatever, we'll see where it goes. One name I was thinking about was, and it led me to to some other thoughts. Is Texas Tech's current coach, uh, interim coach Sonny Crumby? Yeah, yeah Sonny his, Cumbie. Sonny yeah, Cumbie. Cumbie. Excuse me. His, yeah. his name's been brought up. Uh, former Texas Tech quarterback, if you remember him there. Um, and right, yeah, right now he's the interim head coach at at, at Texas Tech. Um, and it just led me to feel how how you know I couldn't feel any worse for that program down in Lubbock. Texas Tech, because if, if you think about it now, now that time's passed, and we have these ups and downs of people's careers and whatnot, but at, at, at the current moment, you you remember that Cliff Kingsbury, who's now currently leading the NFL as far as the, the best team, the best record in the NFL, Cliff Kingsbury is the best record in the NFL, couldn't win there with Patrick Mahomes. And yeah, who was obviously an MVP and, and, and Super Bowl champion, not not doing his best now, but still considered one of the best Absolutely. young quarterbacks in the league, making more money than anybody else. I, that 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 must sting a little bit more than it did before Kingsbury had his success in the NFL, right? I mean, mm-hmm. now it, now it's really fallen. To, you probably just that feeling of like, I don't know what we can possibly do if you've had Cliff Kingsbury and Patrick Mahomes there, and you couldn't win. Yeah, and and Leach and Crabtree. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, but they won. They won under those they guys. They won, but they didn't win a. They didn't win a championship. Well, they didn't I, win a Big Twelve I don't championship. Think Texas, well, yeah, but the Texas Tech's goals might be lesser. They should, but I mean, should they be uh, in the Big Twelve? I I don't know. I don't know. If Oklahoma wins right, that every year. They do. Oklahoma is always the team to beat in Texas. Rule yeah, that conference. Not I mean, Rules Texas, of state at least. Yeah, Texas hasn't been. Uh, don't get me wrong. Texas hasn't been the team to beat. It, you're. It's been Oklahoma, but can't. I mean, Texas Tech is as exam as an example of a program that I'm surprised hasn't had a little more success. You know? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're just because of where they are. Yeah, yeah, in Texas. Yeah, and it's a football. They like their football down there. So, so but my, they've never been able to do it really. My question is: Could Scott Frost and Adrian Martinez be the nef- next of Kingsbury and Patrick Mahomes, where it doesn't work in college, but they go on and have great success yes. afterwards? Well, I don't know. I if don't Adrian, see Adrian becoming Patrick. Frost Mahomes. said Adrian does things in practice that only that guy in Kansas City. Remember that quote? Remember. <laughs> yeah, it, it would really throw everybody for a loop if Adrian went on to become an NFL star. <laughs> yes, I don't a starter, much less a star. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm not sure how. 
I don't even know what that sociological <laughs> phenomenon would look like here in this state. Yeah. <laughs> I think- That's almost what people expect. Tom said the other day, you know, he'll probably just transfer somewhere and go in the Heisman. <laughs> yeah, that'd be wonderful. <laughs> That's about what Nebraska fans are expecting. That, would be, that would be incredible. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. that. Oh, you want to talk about JoJo, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I did want to mention Joe yeah, Doman. Let's talk about that for a little bit. Uh, you, uh, I, I think everybody, or most people probably now have seen the news, Joe Doman will be sitting out the final two games uh, of the season because of a surgery he had on his on his uh, on his hand. Uh, that he he and and good for him for for fighting through being a great teammate um, and fighting through that injury to play in Ohio State uh, because he he suffered the injury against Purdue and he was told about three days before the Ohio State game that he he kind of had the decision to make his surgery or that he was going to need surgery and kind of get get all prepared for the NFL draft yep, and all. Yep. Um, and uh, and he said I'm I'm going to give it one more go and he went out there and fought hard and played really, really well and grabbed the attention of basically anybody watching the game. You know, you could say, that, that man, that guy's keeping him in the game. That guy's great. Yeah, uh, and, great. He went he went out really well. Yeah, and, and so it was, a, it was a good way for him uh, to finish off his career here on the playing field. Still going to stick around the team, obviously still one of the leaders in the locker room, uh, but not going to be playing in the final games. And, and he's a huge weapon. We'll see what, what happens with, with Gifford probably replacing him. Not quite... Uh, Probably not going to be quite the impact player that JoJo Doman was. It'd be hard to expect him to be at this point in his career. No, but no. Uh, yeah, do you think you the the black shirts are still going to be able to uh, to to maybe improve on their favorite ca- statistical category, which is scoring defense this year has been incredible. Uh, I looked it up; the fifth best scoring defense. Uh, since 2002 at Nebraska for the Blackshirt defense, if you want to compare to uh, past defenses. Fifth, um, now, wait a second. Fifth best since 2002. Yes. Okay. Can you guess the uh, the four no. defenses higher? Well, you ten, can guess a few. 2009 and 10 are yep. up there. Um, probably one and two. Uh, one and three. One and three. Number no, two. Think of, this, think of the other one. Okay, hold on. Go go for it. You look pretty way back. There was a one year coordinator that had a pretty big impact. Oh yeah, two thousand three. Yeah, Bo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The other one uh, was two thousand six. Somebody give Kevin Cosgrove some credit. Yeah. Right here. Nineteen point two points per game in two thousand six. That's pretty good. Uh but uh the defense this year has a chance to to maybe catch that, maybe get better if they can if they can shut down Wisconsin and Iowa's offense, which isn't the, the biggest task in the world. Nebraska right now, the defense at twenty point nine points per game. Um which is really good. I mean, if they hold either of those teams to you know twenty one, you still think Nebraska has a chance in those games. Um, but maybe they can maybe they can break that down. But they're not going to be at full strength. How big of a loss is JoJo? Well, I mean, let's just talk about talk about JoJo statistically to try to illustrate that. In ten games this year, he had seventy two tackles, nine for loss, a couple sacks, a couple interceptions, three breakups, and two forced fumbles. He's a he's as good as. He's probably Nebraska's best defender, not named Cam Taylor Britt. And you could those two are pretty even in my mind. Yeah. Cam Taylor Britt really came on in the second half of the season. Yeah, he did. And, and last year, the second he liked the second half of the season. Yeah, apparently. And <laughs> so JoJo I he's ver- so versatile. I mean, that's he's you know, he's we've seen him do everything from rush the passer to you know, and he can cover receivers in the slot. Now here's the thing. JoJo operates best in space. Okay. So I think it was, you know, I, I'm glad he played against Ohio State because oh, that yeah. was a game that was played in space most of the time. 
And I think that, by the way, probably gave him an opportunity to put a lot of good film out there for the NFL. Look what I did against these NFL players at Ohio State, right? Yeah. That's, that's oh, right. yeah. Yeah, and also he then he didn't go out with that that sort of bad taste of the Purdue game. They lost against Ohio State, but the, you know it wasn't necessarily a bad taste in his mouth, especially JoJo's who played well. Now people are going to say right away, "Oh yeah, great, he played well and they lost." Yeah, I get that, but you know he, if, if nothing else, he put some really strong film out there for the NFL. And yeah, I think you alluded to it. This decision was made with the NFL in mind. Yeah, he he could have probably played with a club on his hand, but I think you risk not only. You risk long-term damage doing that, and if you don't, if you get through without long-term damage, there's an there's a process you go through before the NFL draft, and I think the thinking was, all right, let's get the surgery done and begin the process and not be held back. So that's what we're talking about. JoJo yeah. had to think of his future, and he's he's going to get. I think he'll get drafted for sure. Yeah, um, I think I think it, like a third maybe fourth round would be about the highest that's where i'm thinking yeah yeah and but man he's a, he's a player he he it's a it is a big loss but these games against wisconsin and iowa they're not they're played inside the box yeah they're they're more uh luke reimer nick henrich games than they are Absolutely. jojo doman games. yeah so it, i mean not not that jojo um won't be missed but the Ohio State game, the Purdue game, those type of games are more JoJo type games. Yeah, and these games inside the box. JoJo's better outside the the tackle box than he is inside it. He's good inside it. I mean, I he could probably play inside linebacker in college, but he's better off outside. Yeah, and I'm interested to see kind of you bring up the draft. Well, first of all, you know, maybe if Nebraska's in a little bit better position, he might play with a glove on his hand to maybe try to win Good the point. West or yeah. something, you know. Yeah, if, they if something was up and, there. If they were 7 and 2. Yeah. Yeah, I think he'd be playing. Yeah. Um, but either way, you know, it, it's a, I think it's a better decision for his future. He left it all out there, and I, I think every every Husker fan can probably be pretty happy with what he what he gave you through six years. Um, uh, I am interested in the draft because there's a lot of six year type of guys, and I wonder if some of those guys that we would typically say, "Hey, he looks like he'll be drafted." I think the free agent pool, um, priority free agent after the draft, is going to be heavier and, and better than it's been in years past. So some of those guys might not get drafted. Ben Stilley's a guy that I kind of think normally borderline, probably seventh round type of pick might not get picked this year just because there's so many guys, but you mentioned it. Good point. Regardless of who it is, Jojo Dobins, uh, Stilley, I think Deontay Williams is going to have a chance to get drafted. Taylor Britt. T Taylor Britt for sure. They're, they're, uh, they're, uh, they're not, their film's going to pop. Because of who they're playing, those those helmets that they played this year, mm -hmm. that's going to help, I think, because I there's a lot of Oklahoma, and Ohio State, and Michigan, and Michigan yeah. State film you can go and and people go, oh, that, that's actually a pretty good play right there if you're making against those. And those games. guys played well, most. I mean, in those yeah. games, the defense played well. Yeah. So yeah, that that could work. Yeah. So so JoJo's done. Um, I, he's 24. That's sort of, I think that's kind of what you're alluding to. All these six year guys. Yeah. He's 24 years old. I mean, he's He's ready to make that that push. He's mature enough. His body's mature, and um, his mind is. He's. I mean, he's ready. I think. I think he can make it kind of like a Nate Nate, Nate Gary yeah. type player in the NFL. Well, and, and some people say he's too too old, or you know, it's been too long that he's you know entering the draft at this point. And usually that does hurt you to a degree. But twenty four. Yeah, but I mean, he's still. But 
he, he improved his stock is the point. He came back and made a good decision. Played borderline. I mean, we'll see how it turns out, but borderline all Big Ten yeah. type of performance this year. I know. As opposed to last year where he would have been maybe, a, I, I think he probably would have been a practice squad type of guy. So, he, you know, age is, is one thing, but it's not everything. And, oh. and so, you know, one year older is not going to scare people away if they think they can get a guy that can come in I mean, he would probably be an impact player on special teams, you know, be your outside linebacker or a linebacker type that can cover guys on the field. So, I mean, I, I think he's so versatile. You, he'll definitely get a look. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. no doubt about it. It'll just okay. hurt Nebraska as far as the, the final two games there. But uh, the good news is Frost did say, too, before this, that they're full strength everywhere else, it seems like. So none of those other guys, you know, you thought maybe – Maybe an Austin Allen. I don't know if Deontay Williams is coming back. Those type of things where it's like, yeah. well, the, well, they're, you know, I don't know how much there's left to play for. Maybe they should prepare for the NFL draft, but it sounds like they're going to give it a go. Uh, yeah, I saw Deontay Williams walking off the field after Ohio State. That didn't look like a guy that was ready to go. Yeah. I mean, it was a significant limp that reminded me of Oliver Martin early in the season when I saw him. I said, oh, that's going to be a little bit. Um, Deontay Williams, um, I mean, noticeable limp. Now, I did see him again on Wednesday wasn't quite as noticeable. So, I mean, he's, he's, he's progressing. What are you seeing on the text line? Anything? Oh yeah. Like still some people questioning whether they're going to get drafted because they've been in college so long. Deontay is a tough one. That's why the entry was frustrating because that's kind of what's been holding him back is, you know, his whole college career is too many injuries piling up. So when you see him get the interception and get the, and get the injury, I just, man, it hurt me because I knew that that might be, the decision of whether he's going to get drafted or not is, you know, how healthy can he be? Mm -hmm. And he's one of those guys that stuck around college for a long time. Mm -hmm. So that one's frustrating. I still hope that I'll hold out hope that he can get drafted and, and we'll see how that turns out. But uh, I did want to also uh, bring this up because there, I, I think you wrote an article about it. everybody was kind of thinking right afterwards of this, this whole frost decision. Okay. We don't know what the coordinator is going to look like. We don't know who's going to be quarterback. We don't know all these super junior and their decisions, but we've got to draw a line in the stand. What is the expectation for next year? If we're going to have this one more year type of deal to prove it, what does prove it mean? What 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 does Nebraska have to do next year uh -huh. for Scott Frost and, and this this extension to be uh, considered a success? And I think that there's two schools of thought there. There's always the minimum expectation, and then the expectation that you should that you should uh, you know hold them up to and hope that they can get to. And uh, I've seen everything from six and six and just make a bowl to, you know what, we need to move this program forward. The S&P says we're at seven and five. We can't stick around this six and six expectation for three years straight. We got to move it up. Uh, so, you know, more of an eight, nine type of win thing. How do you see uh, the, the expectations for next year uh, and, and what the Husker fan base should hold them to? Well, I, it's always hard just to peg it by record. Right. I mean, what if they finish seven and five, but lose their four of their last five? You know, I I don't like to do that. What I would say, not only for next year, but going forward, I'm, I'm interested, Bach, what you think about this. I, this is this is next year and going forward. I would like to see Nebraska. Let's just say right now where Wisconsin, Minnesota, Purdue and Iowa are right now. Okay, which yeah. is, which is six and three or seven and two, and four in, overall and four and two in the conference, and challenging with two weeks to go. Right, um, 
with with two weeks to go in the regular season, those teams are, you know, essentially competing for the Big Ten West for, for first place in the Big Ten West. That's where I'd like to see next year. Nebraska at this time be in be in that hunt. Hmm. That's it. I mean, though Wisconsin's six and three and four and two. Minnesota's six and three and four and two. Purdue is six and three and four and two. Iowa seven and two and four and two. Can't Nebraska get to a point where it's just right now in the hunt? Yeah, I think I think that's a good uh, that's a good expectation. Is uh, just get back to to where your <laughs> to where your peers are, the peers that you want that that you should be comparing yourself to as far as uh, you know where the program standard should be at the lowest is competing with those teams when it matters. And if if you're not doing it, it does it takes away. It's been years since that's happened. And you get right. to these these Iowa games, and there's importance as far as making a bowl or not, but that's not where you want to be. No. You want to be competing uh, for for the West, and, and the West isn't overwhelming. You know, even if you have an undefeated team and you have two losses or whatever, maybe you're not quite competing, but still in that conversation, all those teams near the bottom of the top 25, maybe others receiving votes type of situation for Minnesota at this point. I think that that should be the bare minimum expectation. Do you think that's a bare minimum? Uh, <laughs> I could. I think I, moving you, forward, not, but next yeah. year I could see a bowl game. I mean, a bowl game's if they go three and nine this year and then go six and six next year, that is improvement. <laughs> the bar just the bar's just incredibly low at three and nine. It has to be. I yeah. don't know what else to tell you because at Nebraska you can you can point to all these different numbers and you you can say we we don't want to be stuck there. We want to move up. But you got to win. You can't you, you can't just magically turn around from. Three and nine to say, well, we want to win the championship nope. this year. No, you have fair. to, you have to make improvements. And if you look at the preseason magazines, you could say, hey, we want to win nine or ten games all you want. You're going to be predicted near the bottom of the Big Ten West and not in anybody's preseason top twenty-five and all that. So you can't, you can't really have unrealistic expectations at the same time where you're not trying to lower the standard okay. of your program. Okay, there's a couple things that come to mind that Richard points out on my text is. Remember when people were angry about going to the Capital One Bowl yeah. during the Pelini yep. era? I mean, it, see, there's a lot of people in those days are saying this conversation is incredibly unfair, like that we've dropped the standards that, that much. Um, I mean, Pelini never finished worse than – oh, I guess he did finish third in the, the Legends division uh, one year. But I mean, look look at what they did in that program. First in the North, first in the North, first in the North, first in the Legends, second in the Legends, second in the West. They never finished worse than third. And they were always, I mean, all but one, all but one year they were worse than second. So I, I get there's a lot of frustration when you talk about that, right? Because right. they were they were there. That that's where they were, and they got fired, Bach. That's where they live. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were there where we are talking about Nebraska needs to go, and they got fired for it. Yeah, the the, the standards have dropped incredibly. But they were they almost like it happens to a lot of coaches. They almost are hurt by their early success. They took over for a team that was five and seven, obviously the year before it, it right. made the Big Twelve championship game. So you know, it's kind of a weird conversation to begin yeah, there. Yeah. But you know, then they won their division. You know, two out of their first or three out of their right. first four or so five years, whatever it was, yeah. and then, you know, falling down to second or third, you think, well, we don't want to stay there. You know, you got to get back to, to winning your division. So, you know, sometimes you just <laughs> – you hurt yourself 
in your in your as far as early success kind of comes back to, and hurts you. And then obviously, we as we know, the problem wasn't necessarily competing for the division. The problem was when you played the the top teams in those division or you know any top team, you weren't even close. I mean, right. you, and you so you right. might have been close in the standings, but you were nowhere close on the field. Uh, you were getting blown out left and right in those games. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But again, I mean, man, I mean, you'd, you'd almost kill to be in that situation now. Oh, now, yeah. Um, so the question is, is what I propose too light? I, I mean, the the guys I hear from are saying it's too light. That that to to say, just be in the position that Wisconsin, Minnesota, Purdue, and Iowa are in right now, which is competing for the West Division at this time of year. Yeah. Just in November, be in, be in position to win the West. Now, you said that's minimum standard. I say that's just the standard going forward. Yeah. That's what we should expect. And I'll, Okay, I'll, I'll buy bare minimum, but I wonder if people think that bare minimum is too light. I don't think that that's too light. It's just it's the that's the bare minimum. <laughs> that's the ideal bare minimum, right? That's not where you are. Like I said, I think the next next year's bare minimum has to be get to a bowl game. If you don't get to a bowl game, can it start over? This is done. Mm-hmm. If you get to six and six, you have a decision to make. Maybe it depends on how the bowl game looks. Yeah. I don't know, but you know that is that is a lot better okay, than fair. three and nine or four and eight. Um. So you know, and I know the schedule looks different and all that. So there's a lot as we know records don't say it all you know there's a lot to, to really configure into there uh and into how it, how it works but you know from this far out it's really interesting that we do this and that we're you know it's because of the, the one year i mean we're all we're all we all know scott frost has put on notice so this one year plan it's really weird because you have no clue what the team's gonna look like you have no all you can do is look at the schedule which you hope will be easier you never know michigan state was supposed to be an easy win this year that didn't happen you know and then as far as the the easier schedule they're not beating the teams they're supposed to beat anyway okay so here's the question bach how close is how close is nebraska's program to wisconsin's minnesota's purdue's and iowa's right what do you think on a given saturday i think close Overall, not consistent enough, right? You know, right? Um, I think that I think they, I still think they're going to beat Iowa. Uh, I think that Wisconsin's going to probably be a little bit too much for them, but uh, you know, so I, th- I think those programs are kind of on different levels themselves. But um, they're not. They're I mean, on the field, they're close, right? On a given Saturday, and then it, it goes back to when I look at teams across the nation. Even watching like last night, Pitt, North Carolina, you can say, "Hey, you know what? I think Nebraska's better than these teams. I think they could play with these teams." And then you go, "Well, would they win the game? Well, they might be better, but they're not going to win the game. I mean, they'll find a way to lose <laughs> because yeah, that's, that's what we've learned to that's this year. That's a problem. Yeah, yeah, that's a problem. I, I mean, they're not where Wisconsin is as a program. Oh, nowhere Nebraska. close. Yeah, they're, I, I'd say it's hard to argue that they're where Minnesota is. Right? Yeah. Purdue, yeah, maybe. Iowa, it's hard to say that. And it it would be unfair. Okay, the other part of that equation is it'd be unfair, real quick, real, it'd be unfair to expect Nebraska to be where Iowa and Wisconsin are right now. Because Ferentz is in his 20, he's in his 100th year. Mel Tucker's above those programs in his second year. Yeah. I mean,. Right now he is. Right now, right. I mean, Wisconsin's one thing. I, I just, I wouldn't call it unfair in year four. Okay. Mm, we'll talk about that. Yeah, let's talk a little bit more about that. But first, let's get to basketball. Former Husker basketball star Kerry Cohorn is on the way next to talk about tonight's game 
Uh, it's a big one. It's a must win in game two. We'll talk about that next year on Early Break with Sip and Jake at 93.7 The Ticket. Guys, do you want thicker, fuller hair? Do you desire lustrous, luscious locks that you can run your fingers through? Maybe a full head of hair makes you feel attractive. Perhaps a full head of hair boosts your confidence and self-esteem. Whatever your reasons, if you have started to experience hair loss, there is good news. Because there are effective, FDA-approved treatments that work. One is a prescription clinically proven to prevent further loss. The other is clinically proven to regrow your hair in two to four months. And both are available from Roman for just a dollar a day. Just complete a free online visit. Roman connects you to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional who will work with you to find the best treatment plan. Then Roman sends everything you need right to your door with free shipping and indiscreet packaging. So guys, are you Roman ready for a thicker, fuller head of hair? Go to ro.co slash fuller. Do it today and Roman will give you 20% off your first order. That's ro.co slash fuller.